Let's do it. I'm ready to do this. Oh my god. Ash is still on Ash is bad on the last show. Damn it, Coop. All right. Uh, Black just shows it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're I mean, gonna I, I, start the show. Yep. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spare Note series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SpokenTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of CigarCoop.com. And uh, once again, it's a meeting of the minds. Um, we have a, uh, as usual, we have a laundry list of things that we uh, we want to get to tonight. So yep. I think we're, we're going to get to that. Absolutely. Um, I haven't started my cigar yet. So I'm going to I'm going to start that cutting light, as they say on the Cigar Authority. Let's light them up, light them up, light them up. Um, I have a, a whole selection of options here and. I think I know which one I'm going to start with because it's it's the only one that I haven't had yet um, from this line. Actually, there's two, but it's it's one that I have more interest in. Um, I have the Short Dream from the Diamond series from El Septimo, the new right. Liga Pravada Pancetta, the Tatuaje T110 Broadleaf, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos um, Personal Reserve, the man's personal reserve, as well as the Undercrown Maduro Robusto. So I think I'm going to go with the pancetta because I've been I've been eagerly awaiting this. I haven't had a pancetta yet. I just got a box. Uh, this is the first one from the box. So I'm going to I'm going to start with that one. All short smokes tonight. I have to say I went with uh, which is not my style. Anybody who knows me knows right. I'm not a short smoke guy, but I grabbed all short smokes tonight. So. Here we go. Let's cut them up. I'm curious what your thoughts are about the Liga. That's the 2021 edition. Yeah. You were smoking. Yeah, I just got my 2021 editions, but I've smoked the previous editions of it as well. Historically, what has been your feeling on it? Not the best Liga Pravada Unico, but but it's a good cigar. Um, I think the size is too small. Really? It? Yeah. Um. But it, like I said, it, it's a cigar. I, I, I mean, I'd recommend buying it. I wouldn't say don't buy this cigar. Um, would I go for a box of it? Probably not. Um, but but it, it's a solid. It's just for, you know, again, for a six or actually it's a two store exclusive here. It's a it's a very good cigar for a two store exclusive is what I'll say on that. Um, I'm looking to see what I scored this at. I think I scored it in 89. Uh, yes, I scored it in 89, which is a. A very good score on Coop. So, um, but I've had you know it's funny. I had Year the Rat scored an eighty nine for me, and a lot of people really liked Year the Rat. I, I was a little down on this Year of the Rat, but um, like I said, I want to give the twenty twenty one a chance because things change sometimes. You just you, you don't get the same cigar sometimes. So uh, yeah, you, you know, know, I mean, it's it's all you know, they're all handmade cigars. It's just like wine; it's a crop product. Some some years are you know every year's different. Exactly. So you want to be, yeah, but I think they did well for it. Like I said eighty nine is nothing to sneeze about. But I've had some leagues score ninety two, ninety three in the past. So so far, so good. A lot of not really peppery, but spice up front. Like yep. uh, it's like a dry spice, like a dry powdery spice. A little bit of kick on the back of the throat, but not up front. It's on the back. Um, I I would go with like a um, like a little bit of cayenne pepper on the finish on the back, but up front it's that it's like a dry cinnamon 
spice, yep. full of flavor, dry, but full of flavor. Uh, this is this is definitely not a one-dimensional cigar, uh, but we'll, we'll see where the rest of it takes us. I'm very mm-hmm. excited to, uh, to yep. see those. Yep. So what what are you smoking over there? I'm about to light up the uh, 724 oh, right. Hustler Five and Dime. Oh, so good. Um, is that your yeah, show sample? I, I, uh, uh, this is a show sample, so I have a slight little nick in the in the in the up by the cap, and that's um, probably just because it is a show sample. But I have smoked this before. So, um, so I, I did like it. So it's you know very I, good. You know what I said to Kurt Kendall? Have you ever had the, um, you ever had the European biscuits with the chocolate on mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, I, I could see it. Um, so this is good. a dark barber pole too. It's a, it's a little hard to see, but it is a dark barber pole of San Andreas and, and Brazilian Habano. It's mm-hmm. out of the Jesus Fuego factory. Which Kurt is now working with. Right. And this was a PCA exclusive. I don't think it shipped yet. I think maybe Kurt had some at the store, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a PCA exclusive. I can tell you because I I lived to you know in the Twins neighborhood. Um, yep. And I was with Kurt recently, and I don't I don't think that there is any left right now um, from that original batch. I believe those are all gone, but I think there you know there's more coming. So it was it was definitely exclusive worthy. Is what I'll say. Um, oh, yeah. This was one of the more intriguing releases, and I think we beat how I was disappointed with the PCA series as a whole. Um, but this was one of the more intriguing ones, and I think it lived up to uh, what I was expecting. That's so definitely the, that's definitely one that when when more arrive, I, I want a box. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But so I am cool. trying to just whittle down some of my show samples right now uh, to make room for production stuff. So I figured this would be a perfect one, New England theme tonight. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're definitely uh, New England here. You know, you're you're on my team tonight. This is great. Yep, yep. Um, you well, know, New else, England. What else is interesting is this. Uh, this could potentially be uh, our last show separated for a month because in two weeks I'll be down in the Carolinas. Yes, yes, I know you will. <laughs> yep, yeah, we got to talk about that. Yep. So uh, we we still got to plan that, but I know we're we're trying to we're trying to do a show together in person. So. This will be awesome. Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> if that works out, that'll be great. Um, I'll take the equipment down there and we'll be able to do it. So. Mm. Sorry, I'm just really getting into this cigar right now. Now that the initial the lighting is done and it's kind of, you know, dropped into its where it's going to burn. You know, that spice, yeah. that spice is gone. Um, and it, it dropped like right into this. Like dark. Well, yeah, a little, little bit of dark chocolate. But you ever, you ever bake a cake at home? I've had a home baked cake. I can't say I tried to bake a cake now, but ever, uh, yeah. But you ever, you ever like take like the crispy part of the cake? Yeah. And just break it off, not the fluff part, just like the crispy part that was on the pan, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you scrape that stuff off. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. A little bit of, a little bit of like a semi-sweet chocolate. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a this is big smoke production out of this thing right out of the gate. This is real good. I wish it was bigger. I think I anticipated it being a little bit bigger. Um, you know, but with the Unico series, they do really try to match a blend to a size. So, yeah. well, you know, maybe that was the best uh, combination for for that size. True. Very true. Uh, and, and that's the thing. When it comes to cigar blending, 
and we've talked about this time and time again, you know, when you get into blending cigars, a lot of times are blended to a certain size and then other sizes are added so that there's a yep. variety. Yep. But there's always one size where that is the size that when the blend came and they said, this is what we want, that's the blend that, you know, that's the size that, yep. you know, initially was the blend part. Uh, and then, you know, they add the other sizes and, you know, of course, there's always the talk about Lanceros, which I, I, I told you before the show, I, I think I want to try to get into a little bit tonight because oh, we've, we've been bringing it up every week and i'm like yeah on the next show we're gonna get into lanceros no no more waiting tonight we're gonna talk about lanceros so we will get into it um so facebook does this interesting thing what's up orlando um you know we we're like yeah i have the live feed open so i can read the comments so you know people ask questions or whatever i can you know get to them but it's been doing this thing where like it hides in the comments and you like tap it to open oh it's terrible Oh, it's terrible. So I annoying. I've, been having, I've had this problem more more than other people have lately because I've had it for about two months. Well, Kenneth Christensen says, agree, ligas are good. Larger diameter is better. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big you know, isn't it? The nine is really good, though, in the short Corona. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, I primarily smoke it in the Bellicoso or the Toro, um, but the smaller ones are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like the Corona Doble size in all the ligas. It's better than 52. I like, yeah, it's better in the 52. And um, my only issue with it is that sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but when it's, when it's good, it's good. Um, Orlando, good to see you too, buddy. Thanks for watching. Uh, Absolutely. I feel like I I haven't seen you in the comments in a little while. So uh, it's, it's great to have you on board tonight with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, you know, Lanceros. Um, I love them. Coop has a reputation of being known as a Lancero hater, which yeah. I know is not the case. That's that's not exactly the correct verbiage. No. Uh, and and Coop is is more than welcome and free, as he knows, to to stand his ground on that. Right. And uh, it's not so much that he's a Lancero hater, but there are things about Lanceros that he does not like, which I know he'll get into. But yep. you know, essentially. The deal with Lanceros is they make up a very small percentage of the total cigar sale market. Now, the reason for that, because, well, they just don't sell. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why don't they sell when I feel like a lot of people always want Lanceros? Well, the reality is we all like Lanceros. The problem is, I mean, I I, look, I buy boxes of Lanceros when they're available. You know, I have boxes of um, like the, um, why is it slipping? The J London Lanceros I love. The Atabay Spiritus Lancero, I have boxes of, um, and I smoke them and I love them. Uh, I, I'm a Lancero box buyer. The problem with Lanceros is that while there's a lot of people who enjoy them, they don't buy them by the box. Um, you know, and they go into the they go into a cigar shop and they ask for them, "Hey, do you have this Lancero? Oh, Lancero!" And you know, you buy, you get that box of Lanceros and you put it on the shelf. That guy comes in, he buys one, smokes it, and then he moves on to something else because like, "Oh, this was good." But he won't buy the box because then that's often what happens. Yep. Um, there's not enough high volume buying of Lanceros. People like them here and there, but there's not as many consistent Lancero smokers. And so manufacturers obviously are like, well, I'm not going to make a lot of them. Um, you know, and for a big Lancero fan like myself, it kind of sucks. And I have to constantly ask people, like, hey, you got it in a Lancero? Can you get it for me in a Lancero? I'll, you know, and I have relationships with all the retailers that I, that I, I shop with and that I know, and I, and I know them all personally. And, and 
you know, I support them and I go to them and say, Hey, I'm looking for this in a Lancero. Can you get it for me? I know they make it. Can you get it for me? They'll order it because they know I'm going to pay for whatever, but it's not something that they're going to order on their own to keep in the humidor. Um, because there's not many people like me coming in looking for boxes of Lanceros. So that's the biggest issue. Um, the other part of it too, why people might not like a Lancero, and this is where Coop can start to chime in, is that there's a little bit of an argument that Lanceros can be a little bit impractical because of the, the, the really small ring gauge on it. It's really hard to envelop all of the flavors and, and get a good use of all the tobaccos uh, within that cigar. You know, once you go to the binder, uh, the wrapper binder fillers, um, you know, the wrapper is one leaf, the binder is made up of a few leaves, but the fillers were the bulk of the leaves in the tobacco are, you know, by the time you get down there, you know, there's only so much you have you know, with that thin ring gauge. And then, you know, that blend of whatever it is, uh, oftentimes, you know, it kind of misses the mark be- because it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't skip to the Robustos and the Toros that have the much bigger ring gauges and they have a lot more meat to them. You get down to the Thin Lancero, which is great. It's a fun cigar. It's not going to really taste exactly identical because you're missing a lot more components to it because it's so small. And Coop, I'll let you kind of get into your, your situation with Lanceros. Yeah. First, I want to just thank Dave Garofalo because he's taken the heat off me over the last few weeks. I guess he's been getting some grief about Lanceros too. <laughs> um, so I want to thank Dave because that has taken the heat off me, which I've had for a while on with this. So look, here's the deal. Um, I don't hate Lanceros in 2016. My number one and number two cigar of the year were Lanceros, right? So if I hated them, I wouldn't have done that. Right. Right. But, um, there's a few things I want to just kind of mention. First of all, I think a Lancero works best when it's blended to be a Lancero. Um, not when you take another cigar and try to make it into a Lancero. That's where I think the problem has happened in a lot of cases. So my number one cigar year in 2016 was the Crux du Connoisseur number two. Mm-hmm. That is a line of Panatella and Lancero cigars. That's what these were designed to do with that. But more so is I see, I see people when they try to take a blend they have, and then they say, well, I'm going to make a Lancero out of it. All right. So what happens when that happens is... Um, the first thing is you want to get it to a seven by 38, right? Right. Ultimately, you, you were just talking about this. You have to change the blend. The ratio is going to change. All right. And, and usually in the case of, of that filler leaves come out. Um, a good example was for Tello when they did their Lancero for uh, Stogies of Houston. They pulled out the Peruvian tobacco. So ultimately, you're getting a different cigar. And. A lot of times I don't see how that's an improvement over a bigger ring gauge. I don't see if you're taking tobacco out. I, I can't see that automatically making this better. And I don't buy this. Second notion is the, the, the wrapper to overall tobacco ratio. I think it's a bit of a misnomer because ultimately you need good filler tobaccos to have a good cigar blend. Right. right. So I think you're, I think people over, overstate the purpose of the wrapper in that case. Now, it doesn't mean you could maybe pull something out sometimes and it's pretty good, right? So I'm not saying that that's not the case, but in, you, like a great example of this was I love uh, the Guillermo, uh, the Guillermo Leon uh, Reserve Blend by uh, La Aurora. And I've smoked that for a long time. And 
what did they do is um they made a lancero for uh drapers in in washington of that blend and it was terrible it was it was like like this blend suddenly became terrible and I don't know what they did, but they had to do something to, to, to change that blend. And it just wasn't good. So I don't see this automatic thing that that um, it's, it's going to be better. Now, then what happens is sometimes what they do is I, you see people go to seven by 40s, seven by 42 and call it a Lancero. And, and at that point, you're starting to get away from what a Lancero is. So because like, what they what a lot of people do is they'll make a seven by 40 so they can try to get some of those other tobaccos in there. And it clearly it doesn't work, right? right? It doesn't work at all. And I think it falls flat in a lot of those cases. And then when you get up to seven by 42, you're, you're not really dealing with a Lancero anymore. Your four, your four ring gauge is higher, right? I've had a problem with cigar media, just like being fanboys with the Lancero. It's not so much that I, I have a problem with them liking Lanceros. It's that they get like giddy, like cigar media gets giddy about this. Like, Oh, Lancero, I can't wait. Like, like, I, I, I just don't get it. Why aren't you getting excited about a Corona Gorda the same way or something? You're going to tell me that you're just that much of a Lancero fanboy. And, and that's OK if someone individually is. But I think as a media person, you need to be objective and, and look at every Vitola fairly. Um, why? Because you don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be. And I have this problem right now by saying this, right? I, by saying I'm, I don't prefer Lanceros. What happens when I give a Lancero a bad review? I've screwed myself. Right. So because now people think I'm biased. So I'm in a very tough position and it was a big mistake I made with that. So I think the best I could do is just try to be fair about it um, and then just remind people, well, I have given some very high Lancero scores. And that that 2016 list, which had number one and number two, had five Lanceros on. So that was a big year for Lanceros. So I have something to fall back on, but I got to be careful. And I think Scar Media needs to be careful about that. Um. I have my feel. I have my theories why companies make Lanceros, um, which and this, is? May, which is, I believe they want to keep the factory people, kind of, um, what's the word? Busy, you know, not busy, but kind of skill sharpen them a bit because Lancero is a tougher blend to do. So why not do have them do a small batch of Lanceros and improve their skills to do it? I think it makes some sense to do that. And there's always going to be someone who's going to be able. A company say, yeah, I'll take 100 bundles of those and they'll find a few retailers who will take those bundles or bundle of boxes or whatever right. and do it. And I, that's my theory. Why? Why the factories do it? Because they, they know they can't sustain a big production. But, you know, what? if you have your if you have your team rolling Lanceros, it's got to improve their skills because it's not an easy cigar to roll. Yeah, I mean, it's is it, first of all, the other thing, too, um, with a Lancero, which I would it's not as long as an A, you know, it's more, more close to the length of like yep. a Churchill. But when you get into those longer cigars, it's even harder to roll and it's even harder to get, uh, as you go longer, you need a longer leaf. You need a good leaf that's long. And that's why the A size, which is roughly anywhere from like around nine inches on average, I would say for a, a traditional A um, which is, you know, probably, oh, oh, yay. Um, and I know people have seen them and they're out there. Uh, I like those as well. I have a small collection of different ones, um, but they're harder to make because you need a good long leaf. You need a lot. Yeah. That's and a limit. Yeah. It's harder to come by than a shorter leaf. That's yep. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, there's, there's multiple layers as to what makes Lanceros just a little bit more out of reach uh, than most other sizes. Uh, you know, you see Toros and Robustos like this all day long. Everyone's making Toros and Robustos. And then they got, you know, something that's close. You know, people, are, I feel like Bellicosos are getting a little bit more popular lately. I've been seeing more people do Bellicosos. And, Good to see that. Yeah, I've been noticing yeah. that too. And I love Bellicoso. I, I do. I, I really, it's, it's got to be one of my favorite sizes uh, or shapes rather. I mean, Bellicos come in different sizes, but um, for the most part, you know, I, I love the I love the shape on him. I love the bellicoso head. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see him more of that stuff. And then the longer cigars, you know, there are less common, and they make less of them because uh, they are just harder to make. You know, for and for all these reasons. Um, and then you got lanceros, you got petite lanceros. Um, you know, I, I love. I mean, then you got. I don't know if you'd call it. A, I don't know what you'd call it. But like Drew Estate's Undercrown line is an event only cigar, known as the Manifesto, which is eleven and a half inches long. Yeah, uh, I think I yeah. have one, and uh, it's about the same ring. I'd say it's about the same ring gauge. It's almost like a double Lancero, if you will. Um, that's kind I don't of a hard cigar to make. I don't remember what the ring is on that. Yeah, but that's an event cigar, so I get that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little different. Um. You know, the thing I go back is look at like I'll say three. I'll name three companies. that are big companies. Altidus, Davidoff and Drew Estate. You can probably count the amount of Lanceros on one hand combined that those three companies make. Well, they don't let's make see. You got the well, you start with Drew Estate, right? Yeah. You got the Liga Pravada, the L40. Limited, very limited production. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would. You got the Herrera Estelis. You got the two Herrera Estelis. The Herrera Estelis. Yep, yep. Those are both in there. There's two. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, would you put the Undercrown one in there? I mean, it's not really a Lancero. It's bigger than a Lancero. But it's, I wouldn't it's, put that one in there. It's a, it's a, it's an event cigar. Event and, cigar. And, All right. So we'll leave yeah. an event cigars out. Yeah. Okay. And then Davidoff. Not a lot. Not much. Not I much. Mean, you look at the biggest companies. Yeah. There's not if, much there. They may have had a, I think a white label has had one. You know, we want to give them one on that. Um, maybe there's a couple that are floating around, but I'd say they're limited production. They don't make a lot of them. Nope. Nope. Perdomo doesn't make any. But Yep. Altidus doesn't really make. General does make some. I'll put General a little different. They've done a little more of those, I would say. Um, Fuente's done a few, but again, not a lot. More limited. It's more in the Opus they're, line. They're pretty limited again, yeah. Yeah, you'll see more of it in the Opus line. There's, I think there is, yep. I think there is a Hemingway version. There's a Casa Fuente version. Yep. There's Opus ones. There's. I mean, I love those. I love those 888s, but they're not really Lanceros. They're a little bigger. Right. The yeah. eight, and that's that's an interesting point. The 888 or the Purple Rain, um, from the Opus Forbidden collection. Um, it is an interesting side. It, yeah. It's it's a little bit bigger than a Lancero. It's got that nipple head to it. Um. It, it, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd put that in that category. Yeah. It, it's close. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in the Lancero category, though. But it yeah. is a great size. It's a yeah. phenomenal size. Yeah. When I see a company say they're going to be the one to convince everyone to buy Lanceros, it has usually not ended well for that company. Um, great example of that. And I love this company's cigars was 262 Cigars. They were a brand 
about five years ago, uh, more based in the mid-Atlantic. They seemed like they were heading, but the owner, great guy, Clint Aaron, was pushing Lanceros. And I'm like, that's not the answer. Um, and the comp- he ended up selling the company, and it, it's still around, but it doesn't have the same impact anymore. So, you know, I look at Robert Holt has done it. I don't think Robert Holt's done some good Lanceros. I'm going to say that about Robert Holt. Right. I think the only line, there was only one Lancer of his I didn't like was the Seedress, but other than he's done a very good job of doing Lancers, but I think he's tried to move away from that recently. You know, well, he's not really. It's interesting. We Our friend Jay Davis is with us again tonight. Uh, Pepin consistently makes solid Lanceros. Not a lot, but he doesn't do a lot. Of, yeah, there's a few out there. He's got a few in there, but not I actually, a lot. I actually had one. Uh, the ribbon is still on the floor here. Actually, it's not even a Lancero. Uh, it's a little bit bigger than a Lancero. Yeah. Um, I had one the other day and it was, it was good. Um, you know, obviously you want to talk same factory. Tatuaje. How successful, how successful has this Lancero has been? See, maybe uh, the original El Triomfador is the only one I would say that, that really had some sustainability. Yes. And that's a great cigar. That's a great cigar. But the, when he did the second version of the El Triomfador, it wasn't the same as that broad, that broadleaf one was, was incredible. Um, the skinny monsters he's got, which are not really, he's got petite, he's got Lancero and he's got Cazadores in them. Yeah. I, I mean, of all the monsters, those are probably the least desire, like least sought after. Right. If you think about it. Um, he even put some of those into ongoing production now where, you know, he boxes them up, but I, I think, again, I think it's a pretty limited production. I think he controls the amount he has. Um, but again, I mean, if I'm, if I'm putting, if I put all those screws of monsters on a table, those Lanceros are the ones I'm least likely reaching for. Or the uh, the, Jay, the blue label Lancero sells well for us consistently, but Jay, cor- Jay, the, yeah, that, yeah, it's the, a good point. The core, my father, Lancero and La Promesa all uh, do well. So, so here's a good point. Okay. Okay. So Jay, I can say Jay, one of the top tobacconists in the country. This guy's really good. Right. And I'm not just saying, cause I'm a friend. He, he is very good. When you have a tobacconist and like Jorge out of Houston, uh, my old friend Mark Feely out of uh, Mr. Jay's in Rhode Island. If you have a guy who's a tobacconist that can hand sell those things, I think that helps a lot. I think, but a lot of retailers won't hand sell it. No, we have a retailer right in Watertown, um, Cigar and Lounge. Yeah. And they are a big Lancero shop. You walk into their humidor, it's it, half of it's Lanceros. But I think there's a crowd for it. I think it, they play off. I think it, I'm assuming the owner likes Lanceros. I think that reflects on sales. Uh, if the owner doesn't like Lanceros, they aren't going to move. I mean, in general, if the owner doesn't like a cigar, it doesn't move as well as what I find. Here's another very good point I want to bring up about yeah. Lanceros. So Tyler Jeffrey is with us. I smoke too fast for Lanceros, um, which is which is at one point. He also throws out the Oliva Siri V Lancero, which I know is. Well, let me tell you, that's um, a good Lancero, and it's it a, one of the best Calabres ever made. Yes. Which is so, I see that off you. That is a tremendous Lancero. I agree um, with him on that. But he does make a good point about smoking too fast. Sorry, there's like something in my eye, and it has just got my attention right now. I'm just trying to get it to go away. Um, he brings up a good point, though. You know, there, there are slow smokers out there yep and there's power smokers out there yeah when i first started i mean i still kind of am but when i first started getting into cigars you know i remember them telling me you know my beginning days at two guys smoke shop in salem new hampshire they would say 
you're a power smoker. You know, you, you smoke them fast. Yep. You make a lot of smoke. Uh, and I've learned to, you know, obviously that was many years ago and I've, I've grown into a different, you know, place, but I, I, I still a little bit of a power smoker. You're a power smoker and you smoke Lanceros. It's going to dramatically change your experience because Lanceros also, the other part of Lanceros is they do have to be smoked a little bit slower than a regular cigar because it's so much thinner. You get them too hot. You can overheat them too quick and burn the tobacco and it just changes the whole flavor all the way through. Um, that's a very big component, I would say, to Lanzaros as well, is knowing to smoke them a little bit slower. Let them burn. Don't, you know, don't get them too hot, um, which I think you would agree with as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. People who, 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 oh, I grab a Lancero and they try to rip it down like, that, like they're smoking a 60. And, you know, they burn the shit out of it and it gets real hot. And then they're like, ah, oh, it's so bitter. And it, well, you got to smoke it slower. And I think when I, I love Lanceros and I know how to smoke them. So I, I, when I smoke a Lancero, I, I smoke it obviously different than I would any other cigar. And I think that's kind of what got me to calm down all of my smoking habit, like my power smoking habit by learning how to smoke Lanceros and uh, just kind of slowing myself down a little bit. Which has you know done wonders for other cigars, yeah. but that Lancero is definitely something you smoke differently. Yeah, I I uh, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I'd, I'd apply that rule to any cigar if you really want to enjoy it. Don't 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 inhale it like quick. Um, but yeah, with a Lancero, I would agree uh, with that. Uh, it's definitely also one. I just say you're by yourself. You're gonna get a lot more out of it because mm-hmm. uh, your sensor is gonna be much more focused on that cigar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would say, uh, and, and Coop's defense, that's that's his beef, if you want to call it. It's not a beef. Yeah, it's not a but beef. But it's not even I, a beef. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if people didn't just like like full gaga over them, I think I'd be fine. It's just gaga, like, like oh, Lancero, I can't wait. I'm like, you haven't even... It, it's it, not it, that you hate Lanceros. You yeah. just think they get more praise than they deserve. They get more praise than they deserve, right? I just think... Uh, you know, if someone get why don't people get excited? I get excited when there's a Corona Gorda. I just try to control it, right? Um, right. But, but uh, you know, and Ben and I were talking about like Corona Gordas, and we just think that that we, there's been a lot of good Corona Gordas released in the last year that we think is just it's been a really good size. And it's not getting any play this year about the Corona Gordas that have been released. You know, uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's been an interesting year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it has. It has. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm checking the comments here. Everyone loves them until they see the price. That's another yeah, thing. Too. Yeah. I, I, wait, wait, I do think Gordo's are better than Lancero's, but um, again, I'm going to say the same rule. There are terrible Gordo's out there. Oh, yeah. There are terrible Gordo's. So I'll give you a really good example. 2011. Every I, hold on. Mind you. Sorry. Every every. Every there's there's terrible versions of every kind of size. Okay? Yeah, I mean, there's terrible there's yeah. terrible yeah. toros, there's yeah. terrible robustos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. So 2011, I had a cigar from La Polina, my cigar of the year, the El Diario. It's recently just been discontinued, and it was that robusto size that won it. They made a Gordo of that cigar. It's nowhere near a cigar of the year candidate. <laughs> it's not even 90, 90 point quality. So, right. This is something that was a cigar of the year that they tried to make a new Gordo and it didn't work. So, it, it goes both ways, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 
Gordos get heat. I mean, they all get heat though, and that's what's interesting well, about it. You know, everyone well, gets heat. Right. It just depends on who you are. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. It, 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 like I said, that's why I just try to be kind of switch. I've tried to be. Years ago, I made a comment, a stupid comment about. I don't like San Andreas. And that was a really stupid comment, right? Because I learned the, the blends that you can get San Andreas to be great. So I've tried to kind of neutralize that and just kind of say, all right, clean slate, whatever, Vitolo, let me see what happens. Um, and that's that's kind of been my approach. And uh, I've actually got more enjoyment, I think, out of that too. Yeah. Um, was I was sorry, I was looking at our notes list here. Um, I wanted, we, we wanted to get into Lanceros. One of the other interesting things I had on here, I, there's one big ticket item that I know you want to get into, and I think I'm going to yep. save that for the end part. Huh. Uh, I wanted to kind of maybe bang on all the other ones first. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it may be the most controversial. It won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> if Jay's knows. on, he may get mad at me, though. So. Uh, Jay, yeah. you got. make sure you stay with us. Okay? Yeah, you because can always catch the replay after. I'm going to te- tease it now. All right, Coop's going to get into the PCA Summit. All right, that's yeah. what he wants to talk about, but we're going to save that for after all the other yeah. levels. I promise it's not going to be a bashing, so I promise <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, but I did some comments I do want to make on it, yeah. Um, you know, I had one in here. You know, it was funny. We've talked a little bit about this here and there. Um, I'm just going to throw I'm gonna throw it out there, and I'll let you run with it, and then we'll kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we draw the line with cigar packaging? At what oh, yeah. point does it become too over the top? Now, this is something that you've brought up to me before. Yeah. About just stuff being just too much. Um, <laughs> in 2021, you know, you we're seeing elaborate packaging. Um, just I'll let you I'll let you run with that. Yeah, Aaron and I actually talked about this on Thursday night, so it's appropriate to talk about it here too. So um we talked about like what we call some of the gimmicky packaging, right? Right. And whether it was good or bad for the industry. Um, and kind of what, what set the table is in like a couple of weeks span, I was writing stories about cigars packaged as chocolate bars, uh, cigars packaged in bento, Japanese bento boxes, and cigars packaged in oil cans. <laughs> with the CAO, uh, the punch was the bento box and, and the, the Aladino for United was the chocolate bar thing. Right. Right. And I was kind of like, man, what's happening? Like, you know, I'm, I'm really, is this the stuff I really want to write about? Right. <laughs> like, I like writing about more, more hard hitting industry stuff, but you know, it, let me tell you something. When you put, when you write articles and you put press releases out on packaging like this, you get hits. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but the question is, are the cigar, is the juice worth the squeeze with a lot of this stuff? Um, and there is some really cool packaging that's coming. Look, those three examples are great packaging examples, right? But are the cigars going to live up to it, right? And the question I have is, you know, where do you draw the line? Um, back in 2015, um, there's a company, they're still around, they're called Moya Ruiz. Have you heard of these guys? Yes, I have. Okay. Great guys. They make great cigars. They were working on Espinosa. They still they're still in business. Um, they came out with a release called the Chinese Finger Trap. All right. And it's a hell of a cigar. All right. And the cigars were packaged in a game box that looked like a Milton Bradley game box. The press release came out with that, right? I actually had the exclusive on it, right? It's a small story. I didn't think any big deal, you know, but I'm gonna print it, right? Man, I got I got destroyed, right? Because like, well, this is promoting, this is promoting kids. 
Uh, because on the box, instead of the MB logo, they had an MR logo that looked like Milton Bradley. Sokka came on Stogie Geeks when I was hosting the show and, and ripped me a new one. Okay. And I'm like, he's oh like, well, you talk, about, be- talk about we- waking the sleeping giant. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So he, he thinks that I shouldn't have published that. Right. That, that's a whole other debate. Right. But I think to a fair and be fair with Sokka here, his point wasn't wrong. Like you're doing a game box, but now you're making it look like a kid's game box. Right. What's the, now you're starting to cross a line that I think is sensitive, right? And, and I'll give Moya Ruiz credit. They pulled the Milton Bradley thing off when they released it. Okay, so they did. I think they did the right thing. But then again, I look at this and I'm like, there is a line you're starting to cross there with the packaging. And I think you got to be real sensitive on that, right? But if packaging is going to help promote a cigar, like if someone wants to go get an oil can of CAO cigars, right? Or do you remember Nestor Miranda had the 70th anniversary cigars in Shelby and Shelby cars? They were beautiful, right? Yep. Um, why not? Okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, retailers, I'm sure hate it, right? I'm sure retailers are going to hate that, but, um, you know, but I think that that part's pretty much okay. But I think there is a line you can cross, uh, with it and it gets, it gets, I think it's when you start to get into those areas where the FDA is, is looking, you don't want to give the FDA ammunition here. And that's where you got to be careful with that. So it can be dangerous with that too. Right. Uh, you don't, you're trying to make this argument that, Oh, um, you know, we're not appealing to kids and this and that, but then you go and you make stuff that's like all fun. Like, you know, like, and I'll be honest, I don't think the Moy Ruiz guys had any malintent when they did that. I think afterwards they realized it and they changed the package before it got released. So I'm going to be fair to those guys. They're good guys. Those guys. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just I don't know. It's something that we we we've uh, talked about here and there, yeah. and I just I wanted to I wanted to hit it. You know, it, right. you... and then I'll give you a second point where it crosses the line. Um, you know, I I think it's fun, like I, as a cigar smoker and like the cigar geek factor. That's like a Garofalo term, the cigar geek factor. Right. You know, you love seeing that shit. You know, when you look at it from more of a practical standpoint, you're like, some of these packagings are a little over the top yeah and you have to think like i think of it like also from a business perspective i'm like well what does it cost like I, some of these things i see that look pretty involved for packaging on a cigar it's gonna get ripped off it's gonna get cut light and then that's it and it's like at what point are you like well it looks cool and it's appealing but like is it really worth the money to go into all this for a cigar you know oh i, I totally mean? agree um, hey, if if you know what, if these companies are making money though, like that's great. I'm not knocking yeah, them. Yeah. It's just, I guess, I'd be interested in yeah. like the mindset that some of these people go into. And I know they want to make it, you know, flashy yeah. and appealing, and they're trying to get the attention yeah. on it so that they can sell it. And I get that. Just you know, I know how like some people can just be so like they're trying to cut every corner to save every penny, and then it's like you see stuff like this, and I'm like, all right, well, I mean, is it really worth it though? Like yeah. it's cool, and I like I want it, yeah. but it's like, is it is it worth it? Like from a business standpoint, I think that was my biggest thing. Yeah, I tell you what, Espinosa has done a tremendous job with the Les Seis Provincias and their packaging. They've kind of modeled it off the like, Cuban design and stuff. Um, so they have one with like Cuban doors. They have another one with like a swing. Um, they've done a great job with it. And it is a little more pricey, but those those are keepsakes. I can tell you that they look great in an office or something like that when it's done. Um, so they've done a good job. The uh, floor. Do you remember the beer Stein um, and the Casa del Tobacco 
unit. Those are those are fabulous. I mean, I think I did. I, I yeah, I've seen one. I think I think Garofalo has one in his office. I'm trying to remember where I saw it. The beer sign is one of the greatest cigars yeah. that LaFleur ever made. It was the Maduro of the 1994. John, if you're listening, tell Lito he needs to bring that cigar back. Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. That's <laughs> uh, that beer stein. I have it up in my office upstairs and uh, you know, it's great. It, it uh, the only thing that sucked about it, it wasn't a humidor, but I don't think it was designed to be a humidor either. So it was designed to be a beer stein. Um, Matt, the other way it crosses the line though. And I know I've talked about this on this show. The Pravada stuff is uh, like, and I'm not trying to pick on Pravada cause they're not the only ones that did, but mm-hmm. when you come out with a packaging that looks like a Cinnabon, right? It's just like, why are you? That's crossing the line. You're, you're disrespecting someone's trademark at that point. You well, don't, and especially with them, they don't need to do that. They have such a great following and they're doing good things. Why are you crossing the line with that? Well, one thing I know we've talked about before on the show is like when you, when you said you bring that up, we kind of talked about a little bit of packaging and different aspects that we talked about. Uh, it was around the time that Dojo came out with uh, uh, the Dojo Chico with Alec and Bradley. I didn't like it. I told him I love Eric, but I don't think they needed to go that route. Both those guys. And I remember the, convers- the conversation we had was on releases like that, where like, you know, they had like the Cookie Monster and, and stuff like that. That was that's kind just, of based on other yeah. stuff. The Cookie remember- Monster stuff's really stupid. That's one that's just incredibly stupid. But yeah. <laughs> And I remember we talked about this on the show and I remember, you, you know, you brought up, you brought up that point that, you know, and this is also where we kind of tie into like the, the FDA thing too. It's like, well, you, you come out with cigar that's called like, um, you know, the cookie monster. I saw one recently uh, that has a band on it and I forget what it said, but like, it was, it looked like the Dunkin' Donuts logo. Yes. And I was like, yep, well, that's interesting. And you, they know exactly what they're doing. They'll put them out there. The retails will sell them, and then they're gone and never made again. And you've got a quick hit with money. And until someone gets sued for doing it, it people are gonna keep doing it. Yeah, like you know, especially a company like Dunkin' Donuts. That's a that's a major corporation. Well, that's what I mean. Cinnabon got word of the one they did, and they stopped it. They right. really, I guess they really stopped it. Fast. Um. So yeah, I mean stuff like it's that. Lazy. I, I find it's it. lazy. It's lazy when you're doing stuff like that. When you see like beer steins and just so creative stuff that comes out, that's good. And even that, even that game box, minus the Milton Bradley, was a cool idea. I'll even say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool idea. You think it outside the box? Sorry, yeah. I heard you yawning. It's- but the ex- I hear the excuse on this stuff. Well, we're just having fun. And a lot of beer companies do it. Uh, why? Wait, wait, the beer companies aren't in a fight with the FDA, though, is the difference. Right, you know? so, it's, it's true. They're not fighting for their. They're not fighting like like the cigar industry's fighting here. It's a different. Yes, it's different for us. We, we uh, say we don't do these. We're adults, and we don't do these types of things. So, right. Uh, one of the one of the uh, more interesting things that came out in the news this week, um, I guess, is kind of related to this. I think maybe this is kind of where I got the. It's not really packaging. Um, it's it's a humidor, and it is the. Um, it's the Rolls Royce humidor. Did you hear about this? Um, I haven't seen it. I gotta be honest with you. I, I uh, this was the one. Let me see if I can do a screen share. Actually. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Rolls Royce humidors in the past, like glove compartment ones. I'm gonna see if I can pull this up. Who who uh, had the story? Uh, Half Wheel had it. Okay. 
Uh, uh, you know, because yeah, we don't get press releases. We're press. We just don't get press releases. Is what we find. We have to beg borrow for press releases. Right. I didn't even see this one on Halffield, but I I can't say I read them every day. Uh, hold on one second. Just... I'm gonna pull them up. All right, I'm here gonna... it is. I see it. Rolls Royce traveling fifty five thousand dollars traveling humidor. All right, yeah, I see it now. Drop this down. I think I'm I think I'm screen sharing. Can you see my screen? Yes, I see it. All right. So if you're watching home, this is it right here. The Rolls Royce announces the $55,000 travel humidor. And you can see it right here, and I'll, I'll enlarge the image. That is cool. Uh, it's it's a very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fifty five grand, but uh, I, that's that's pretty sweet. And I was, and I was, I remember reading it, and I'm like, wow, Rolls Royce took the time to, you know, come up with this concept of a, Traveling, I mean, it's and it's more than that. I mean, you see the this glasses is are in there. Yeah. Um, I believe if you if you shrink this down, um, you know, here are some other images. Um, you get the you get the hygrometer there right on the side. Obviously, they have an ST Dupont in there. Yep. You know, why not? Why not feature other luxury what? with it? Right. And actually, right. and actually, if you if you look closer, right in here, you get a holder for a line two. As well as a what looks like a a newer version of the uh, the kickstand cutter, which I, I, I have with me here. Uh, I thought this was the only style they made, but it, looking at this, it looks like there's a, now a, yeah. a match to a yeah. line two, um, which I don't know if that I don't know if that comes in the set. I didn't I don't remember reading that. I don't I think that actually might be part of it. Those two uh, those two mm -hmm. Dupont's. Yep. Um, which is cool too. Ah uh, yes, right here. There are also two ST Dupont accessories made specifically yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. So imagine if imagine if like a cigar company came out with something that holds a bottle of scotch in your car. We'd be accused of cigar. I'm talking about a cigar company did this. We would be accused of promoting drinking and driving. But because Rolls Royce is doing this, right? It's a different story. It's kind of interesting. I, I just see how things work sometimes. Yeah. But this it, is different, Matt. This is very different. This is, I think, targeting a market. A luxury market item. So I think there's a different story with this. Yeah, I do too. I thought it yeah. was very interesting, and I saw it, and I was like, "Hmm." Yeah, it is interesting. That really looks cool. I mean, that price tag. I can imagine with the price tag, fifty-five k. But uh, but I, I get, I get. There's a market for that type of stuff. And I feel um, like, other than like some of the the really high-end Dupont cutters and lighters, and maybe some of the humidors, and uh, some of the stuff, you know, like the Opus Opus X Society stuff. Um, and maybe even some of like the, the high end, the high end one-off stuff that people like, you know, Fuente does. And some of the other people have done with like, like the purple rain humidor. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That stuff's cool. I feel like there's not a lot of it and I'm sure there's not as many people who have the money for all that too. So I get that, but it's interesting to see something totally different. Yeah. Like I, I totally Royce agree. I something. totally agree. I think that's cool. It's coming from Rolls Royce. I think it's even cool. Yeah. It, it was yeah. interesting yeah. to see someone outside of the industry. You know what? Let's make this. Yeah. Um, and and I, my hope is, you know, seeing that stuff that maybe, um, you know, other maybe other people will will think about making stuff for our industry, too. Um, you know, obviously, 55 grand is a lot of money. I'm not buying one. You're not buying one. Um, most people we know, most people. Mike Pelletty will buy one, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, you buy two of them. But, but you know, my hope is that seeing something like that is that maybe 
you know, someone else out there will will say, hey, let me make like a luxury. Maybe it won't be as expensive, but it'll be something different. It'll be something cool. Right. And Bravo to Harefield for publishing a story like this, because anytime the mainstream is accessing our industry, it's really good. This is good for our industry when this happens. Um, so this is this is, you know, this is Bravo. I think this type of stuff is the stuff we need to be promoting. I'm glad we're talking about it tonight. Because this is something, yeah, it's great to see a company like Rolls Royce embracing something with our industry. It does. It, it, for me, it's almost like, yeah. oh, you know, like there's other companies out there that are thinking about the cigar industry, um, which is not always the case. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just thought it was refreshing. I, 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 I think it's a great story. Yeah. Um, I don't think that by any means crosses the line either. Um, so I think it's a good uh, that's a positive. It's very it's, elegant, too. Yeah. You know, yep. and then they, they pair up with, you know, ST DuPont, you know, and there's a there's a, a custom cutter and, and lighter in there, too. That's part of that set that that looks really cool. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, they really thought of all the elements there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is cool. And I think the luxury market, people say, well, why? It's an important market. You want to have people in the luxury market um, attached to this industry. I mean, I have a story coming up tomorrow on um, Coop. It's the SD DuPont Space Odyssey set. Oh, yeah. Which we saw at the show. and We did. Um, that was cool. I liked that a lot. I was like, damn, can I just buy one lighter? It's $3,500, man. <laughs> but again, yeah. I, it's something really special. And, you know, SD DuPont's a brand that reaches beyond the cigar industry, you know, writing and stuff. It's, it's a luxury brand. So, um, oh, yeah, they make leather goods. They make all sorts of things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, even LaFleur did it. Remember they did it with the gold, the 25th anniversary, the gold cut, the gold cutters. Well, those are still available. Yeah, but they um, they recognize there's probably a tap that market. Why not with that brand? They have a cigar of the year. I believe they started. Hours. Yeah, I believe they started uh, sixteen sixteen thousand. Mm-hmm. And when you buy one, you are part of the uh, club that gets to purchase limited I, stuff, including. Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. I think it's a great program they put together. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's cool to see. Um, you know, someone like LaFleur doing it. Uh, yeah, I, me- I remember when John first told me he- they were, you know, they were rolling it out. And I was like, wow, that's. Yeah, he showed it to me. At- he took it out of the show to me at the show, which was really cool to see that. Yeah. It- and, it's- not it's- a lot- and not a lot of people know a lot of that influence comes from, you know, Lito Gomez was also a jeweler. jeweler. Yep. He was. Yep. Um, and his store in Miami was robbed. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Um, so that- that's also like a little homage to, to some of his uh, other endeavors in life. Um, which is cool. It's really cool. Uh, it, it's again, it's it's a lot of money for <laughs> a gold cutter. Um, it, it it is a lot, and uh, like these luxury, like they're cool, but it's you know it's like looking at Ferraris and like Bugattis, and it's like they're cool cars, but like they're just insane money for what they yeah, are. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's still fun to talk about. It's still fun to talk about. Look, there's watches. There's all sorts of things that kind of touch into these luxury areas that the average person is not going to buy. So uh, there's a a market for it, is what I'll say. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about watches. I mean, like, you know, like Rolex and Breitling, expensive watches, nice watches that not everyone, but there's a there's a good amount of people who could, you know, if they really want, they could save up, they could finance or they could get one. Right. Yeah. Let's you you talk about like Patek Philippe or Unmaz Piget. Right. 
those watches start at 20 grand. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, then, no. then they I, go up. <laughs> oh, I've been having th- thoughts about that, getting that DuPont Space Odyssey lighter. I got to admit it. Oh, I don't think I'm going to. I can tell you, you you're, you're on that one. You're like, oh. Well, I'm not getting the little stand that comes on. It's another $2,000. But, <laughs> but, but, man, I'm like, and look, I have a, I have a couple of DuPont lights. They're great lighters. So um, I know the quality. I, I'll get the quality out of it. Um, but it, like I use it every day, you know, it's, it, but it, man, that thing looked aw- when you, when you see it in person, it, you saw it probably at the show. It's, it's, it's awesome. I did. I yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I have some images here. I'm going to, I'm going to pull some of the, uh, yep. the images up here. Um, sorry, one second. And by the way, the Coles of London people who distribute them are great folks. Um, I just want to give them a shout out. They've been great folks to deal with. Um, Anything we've asked, you know, in terms of media coverage, we're getting from them, so that they're really good. Yeah, yeah, right here. This is the Space Odyssey set. Yep, there's the writing um, set, and then there's the the smoking set. There's also a. If I go back to the Google search, there should be. So this is this is a picture from the trade show. Uh, this is what we saw in the display um, at the show. If you go here. Um, yep. Really cool stuff. There's the yeah, there's a, there's a stand. There's the stand, yeah, which and it comes with an ashtray also, which is on the lower left. And then um, on, there's also a humidor, uh, which I thought was really cool. And I don't know if there's a picture on here. Um, there was a humidor. I know I have a photo of it in my collection. I just, yeah, I know I have I, one too. I, somewhere, I, didn't have my, I didn't have my. I'm not sure if it's a humidor or if it's a, if it's a, if it's a packaging case, but but yeah, it's a black. It's that jet black. Yeah, you're right, and, and it had, but it had. Oh, right here, here it is. There, yeah, there we have it. See, and it had like that, that that stardust. Um, yes. There you go. Really cool. It may be a humidor. I, I, you know, I didn't ask that. Yeah, I me. Mean, I just assumed. Yeah. I just assumed. You're right. It might not even be a humidor. Yeah. But yeah, that's it right there, and it's got but like I, that. It was... It's got like that. That. The speckles in it, like space, the stars. I thought yeah. that was really, yeah, it was really sharp looking. Yeah, yeah. man. And that, taking a photo of that, uh, Aaron was really struggling because of the, that that glare with it. But uh, so you can see there's a lot of like in the lighting, it's tough. And and that's not something you would ask them to pull out of the case either. No. Um, so I totally understand that we didn't even try to ask them that. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a really cool. Uh, it was, and and you know, really cool again, thing. Yeah, and I love every year they, they they did one year a balloon, and literally the balloon would rise and fall, and and when you you it was a unit, the balloon would rise and out would come your lighter. I mean, it was these were not designed to sell thousands of these things. They're very limited, um, for for certain collectors of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, the other big thing that came out this week that was a little interesting was uh the news of the marifel brand yes i think that was that was my lead story on kma uh and it was actually my lead story for the week on coop as well yeah I think it was a big story um that that was interesting that was interesting one uh, it wasn't a surprise to me no but it was it was still interesting i thought they had a couple of marifel branded cigars already but maybe they put the name on it and it wasn't theirs I, that's a question i have to ask reinhardt about um, yeah, no, I, from, from my understanding, I, I thought it was, I thought they had released a Marifel brand before, and this was almost like a return. There was one in the 1800s, but I thought there was a more recent one as well. Um, there were sirens out my outside here. 
I was okay. just gonna say I hear that. I'm in a cul-de-sac, but they're on the they're on the main road, so they're going away. Ah, uh, okay. There we okay. go. I thought, yep. I thought maybe the house was on fire. No, no, no. My son didn't set the fire alarm off this week, so. The red stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Is it safe? Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. It, it's it's something that you know I'm I'm excited to try. It's oh, I, I'm very excited to try this. Um. Anybody this who is, knows the Marafels and, and the and the Cameroon tobacco that they're known for, uh, you, you've probably smoked it. If you've smoked any of Arturo Fuentes cigars, you've, you've probably smoked it, especially the, the, the Don Carlos uses the, the Marafel Cameroon wrapper on it. Yep. Um, uh, I doubt it's going to be. I bet it's not going to be Cameroons they release. So maybe they'll release one, but I bet it's going to be other stuff. What do you think that he would release? I think it's going to be more. I mean, I don't think they could do. I think it's going to be, I would guess Habano, something Habano uh, yep. rapper, because I don't think they have enough. Cam- I mean, I think they're probably the camera they have is spoken for unless they're going to take away. Supp- they're not going to take away supply from the Fuente here. I can tell you that. Yeah, I don't. So um, I can see them having one line with a camera, but I don't think it's going to be an all camera brand. And um, but it was a great story because this is probably the most exciting brand to launch since Placencia four years ago. Mm-hmm. Again, you think of the Mirafels, they are an iconic family uh, of tobacco brokers. Like, they've been doing this a long time and they do it in a part of the world that, you know, you don't hear much about. Um, and, you know, I, I've interviewed Jeremiah. He's a fantastic guy. Um, I think this is, I mean, my question is, is this going to be a European brand? Is it going to be a U.S. brand? If, is Fuente making the cigars for them is a big question. I would assume Fuente is going to be involved production wise. Um, but who knows? Maybe they are looking at someone else. I don't know. That's a, you know, there's a lot of good. They haven't talked a lot about what's coming out yet. No, they, they have not. Just announced the company. Uh, and our friend Reinhardt, uh, great opportunity for him. Thanks, Reinhardt. He got me the press information, too. I really appreciate him getting me that. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for him. So I couldn't be happier for him. I think uh, he's a good guy. And um, this is something we're going to be very wait, very anxiously looking forward to uh, at least i i this is something this is something that's got my interest right now sorry i'm just adding something to my list here uh yeah one thing that i did find on here was in 2014 they introduced the la estancia a cigar that was made in honduras that used tobacco from cuba but not cameroon see i don't know what sort of stuff that they came out with and i've heard it this sounds like it's going to be a little bit different than that, though. I feel like it's going to be. May, I don't know. They may that. have been distributing that, though. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, this is a little different than distri- this is they're making it and distributing it is how I took this. Yes. That, and that's what I'm saying. I think this yeah. is going to be bigger yeah. than that. I think it's going to be a little more involved. I mean, and, and here's why it wasn't a surprise. The whole Mirafell is Cameroon theme. I kind of thought it was meant to promote Mirafell's name. Right. I mean, I think it was. I mean, don't worry, I think it was a great campaign that Fuente put together, but I also think there was something, even when it was started, that was my first reaction. Hmm, I wonder if the Mirafels are going to get into, into producing their own lines now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that they're, you know, equipped to do so yeah. with everything they have yeah. you know, at their disposal. Sure. Um, I mean, this is, they definitely have the resources to do it. Um, I doubt they'll be producing these cigars in camera. No, just from no. Uh, talking to Jeremiah, I can tell you that I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, maybe a Cameroon Puro would be a wish list thing, you know, 
if they can, anyone's going to do a Cameron Carrero, it would be those guys, right? I, I would, I would, I would follow your lead on that one. I, I think if they, if anyone's going to do, I mean, that's what they're known for. I mean, it, their, it, big, their biggest claim to fame is, is the, is the Cameroon tobacco. Um, yep. Yeah. And his story is just, like I said, when you hear this story, it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, what this family's endured over the years and, and how they persevered. Um, and, but, but look, their Cameroon leaf speaks for itself as well. Mm-hmm. So, but there's, when you learn the story behind it, it it's, you have so much, like after I interviewed Jeremiah, I never smoked an Opus X the same again. And then after talking to Carlito a few weeks later, I never, I, I look at that brand so differently now. I have such an appreciation for that cigar. And I always love that cigar. Don't get me wrong, but man, your mind, you know, you talk to Carlito and you talk to them, you know, you know what they went through at Opus X. So oh, I do. Yep. Yeah. So it's an amazing, you know, the, it's an amazing story. Um, and like I said, when you hear Jeremiah's point of view, I think that's going to be a big part of, and look, Reinhardt's a perfect guy to be the ambassador for that brand too. So, um, he's going to be in a sales role. That's a little different for him. I don't know how he's going to do it in a sales role, but as far as a brand ambassador, I, I can't, I think it's perfect. He's very close to Jeremiah. So I think that's going to help too. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I have nothing but, you know, respect for those guys. And, and mm-hmm. I wish, I wish yeah. them all the best on this. Yep. I, I wish yeah, just get me the press box. release earlier, guys. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's all cool. But not, they, took the the care. they fixed that. that John Ryan, I got that fixed. So that's all cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I wanted to hit on that because I thought it was great news. And I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Cool. I, I said it's, it's one of the most exciting things I'm looking forward to going into next year right now is this. And I assume it's a 2022 thing we're going to hear about. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's something we can see at the trade show next year as well. And yeah, I think it'll be real. I mean, that's going to be very exciting. I, I, I wonder if I, my guess is they'll probably launch beforehand, maybe do one line and come out with another line at the trade show. A lot of questions still to be answered on this as we're going to learn in the next few weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, there will be more and it will get it out to everyone as soon as we get it. Um, all right. I think it's time. Okay. And I want to make sure we have plenty of time to get into. Oh. It. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is really going to be Coop's corner of the show because um, I know this is one thing that you really wanted to talk about. The Premium Cigar Association earlier this week hosted the International Policy Summit, uh, which was also involved our friend Reinhardt. Yep. Um, who was a mediator at this? I believe was his role. Yep, moderator. 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 Yep. Sorry, moderator. My bad. Moderator yep. of this event. Um, tell me, you know, right off the bat, we'll start with this. We'll make it simple. Then we'll, we'll, we'll dissect it. What are your likes and dislikes about this event? Well, I love the fact that they, they, they're calling attention to international policy. It's something that's been talked about um, for many years, um, but mostly you've heard about this through interviews with like Glenn Loop. Joshua and maybe Scott Pierce, you know, it's not something that's gotten. So we've talked about on various shows about this and how important it is. And I think Glenn's done a good job uh, with his role at CRA of of pointing out the importance of this. And namely, what are the economic impacts uh, um, outside the U.S.? Um, You know, regulation hits the U.S. a huge market. It has a ripple effect on, you know, the producing countries of this stuff. it can even ripple effect into some of the other trade markets there. So I loved that they did this and I applaud them for doing this. That's a big positive there. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, yeah, and and yeah, I yeah, I, I, I think th- that was a. I think it's great to, to see them involved internationally too. Yeah. And we yeah. had Scott, we had Scott Pierce on the show last week and he, he, you know, we talked about it and yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it was their way of also just yeah. kind of, you know, opening outside yeah. of, you know, the confines of just us and, you know, in, in getting in touch with other countries and, and, you know, and, and other people that have, you know, yeah. similar yeah. Yeah. like-minded things going on and it's just being able to communicate and, you know, having that line of communication and, and connection, um, as a cigar, you know, worldwide as a cigar industry, not just, you know, domestically. So yep. Speak. Yep. There was another big positive. Um, and I'm going to give the PCA a huge attaboy. So the, the meeting kicked off with, uh, t- they were taped. Okay. They were recorded and we'll get to that. I'm okay with that for now. So they had on Senator Marco Rubio and Senator Bob Menendez. Uh, Bob Menendez is from New Jersey. Marco Rubio is from Florida. Um, and they, they did a great job of understand, like setting the table and understanding the issues and bravo to the PCA for not going down a partisan route with this big bravo. They, there was never a mention of that. As far as I heard, uh, of, of Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter what you think of Bob Menendez or Marco Rubio, they did a good job with that. So, uh, I was, you know, I was critical of that CRE email a few weeks ago, but, but great job they did here great job getting those guys great job the guys were prepared uh and i think they did a great job with that um i think it was a, uh, i would agree i think it was a success however i know that there are some things that i know you didn't like about it yeah so what did there you are some things like i didn't like about okay first of all um this was not this is something everyone should watch and listen to so this is not a waste of time. I've, there were some people very critical of this um, that I've gotten. I, I didn't see the thing live, first of all, because um, I was at I the day job. So I only watched it um, yesterday. So because um, I wanted to give it the attention it needed. Um, there were two problems I had with it. Number one was uh, the production. And number two was it wasn't moderated well. And I, I, mean, I got to just come out and say that. And I'll kind of get to that. Um, so let's talk about the production. The production was very kludgy. The production wasn't very professional, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and, and when you have on when you're trying to spotlight your industry and you have on guys like a Bob Menendez and a Marco Rubio, you got to be a much more crisper how you integrate that stuff in there. Uh, to me, it felt it, the whole thing had felt like a Zoom chat. Um, and I know this is nitpicking. Right. I know this is nitpicking. But honestly, I, I think this needed to be polished and professional, much more professionally done. All right. So because we're trying to spotlight our industry, we're trying to like really uh, make this shine. Wasn't something that would stop me from watching it. But I'm just trying again. I'm trying to make us look in the most positive light possible. And and that production was not good. I'll I'll be honest with you. I would agree. Did you Uh, see? Did you get a chance to see it yet or no? I I I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've seen. I think you understand where I'm coming from, but look, I understand it's where you're coming from. In our show, it. it should look a lot better. And I'm not saying our show is bad. I'm just saying this thing needed to be a, a showpiece. It, look at what Abe did. I'm not saying you have to spend the money Abe did, but there's some happy medium where this could have been much more polished. Yeah, I think what you're trying to say is you felt that for what it was and the size of you know the organization yep. and the the level of importance that it carried, including but not limited to yep. some of the people that were in attendance. It should yep. have been in something that you're going to showcase to the world. Like, right. Hey, 
here we are. We're right. serious. We're not messing around. Right. Um, it should have looked a little bit more. I don't want to use the word legitimate. Right. Because I feel like that can get taken the wrong way. So I won't. But I definitely needed to look more uh, refined and a little bit more um, regal for for an organization. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, and, you know. I'll, I'll admit that, you know, I think that it could have been better, but hopefully this is something that, you know, they learned from and, you know, they can, you know, the next time around, they do something. This, like is, this. A, this is exactly this. This is not to say these guys did a bad job. Okay. No. And my next piece is going to be a little more sensitive, but I'll, I'll explain why I'm going to talk about the next piece as well. But this is not to say they did a bad job. I don't think they did a bad job. This was an important issue. I'm so glad it's getting attention and I'm so glad this happened. But I think there's, you can build on this for the next time. Right. I agree, and, and I don't want to discourage anyone by. Yeah. Um, it, it Look, was, this is why you know PCA asks for money too. I mean, so you want to know why PCA needs money? They need money for things like this. So it isn't fundraising so important with this. That's why I think, you know, we, we can't beat them up too much on fundraising. They and need, this they, is they, yeah. And this is yeah. why, like, this is a good example when we always talk about well, PCA is more than a trade show. Yeah, you know, exa- people, exactly. People want to go, oh, it's a trade show, trade show, trade show. I understand. PCA holds a very big, popular, large trade show that we all attend. But it's not, Premium Cigar Association is not a trade show company. The trade show is held to fund everything else that they do that keeps them in existence. And this is something and we this need is to fund. Where, yeah. This is where the money yeah. goes. To yes. These special, important events with right. politicians and international media. And, and raising, you know, attention and having discussions and, right. and, and doing the, the nitty gritty groundwork for the industry, not the trade show yep. itself. You know, the trade show is, is a fundraising component. Think of, think of the PCA trade show as like a school fundraiser. They have like the, big, <coughs> excuse me, they have like the bake sale of the car wash, right? They're raising money for like the sports yep. teams or whatever. Yep. Well, the PCA trade show is like the school bake sale of the car wash. And the uh, of the you know the sports and the events at the school and like the PTA and all that crap right that's the cigar legislative stuff that is the more important part that they need money to do without the money they can't really do it yep that's you know if you want to break it down that's what it is yep so something yep. like this is the actual thing that PCA is here for and that's why there's a trade show the trade show is so that they can do things like this yep which help all of us it's very not, important. Oh, we just want to have a trade show. Everyone yep. can come hang yep. out. Yep. No, it's not a social party. It's a, it's a fundraising component to these legislative issues. Yep. Yep. I, I totally agree with you on that. I just feel like that really needed to be broken down and explained. Yeah. And it's important. That's why it was important. And again, I look, I understand. Look, I think they should have still had it as opposed to not having it, even if they had limited budget to produce this thing. But I think it kind of underscored the importance that they need to do more stuff like this. And it needs to be much more professionally polished um, when this is presented to the general public and to some key people you're looking to, to make moves with. You just want to have this. In it. You, it's like any proposal you do for business. You want this thing to look really good. It, di- it didn't. I'm sorry. It didn't. Uh, it, 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 it was sloppy. Um, and it looked like a Zoom call. That's what it felt like. It felt like a Zoom call all along. Yeah, I mean, and I know a lot of people probably have been comfortable 
with Zoom calls and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, people are comfortable with, 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 the, with the scale back trade show as well, which I have, you know, my issue on that as well. So, but in this case, I think it needed to be much more polished. Now, outside of, outside of that, what other suggestions would you make to PCA? The moderating, and look, this is not saying the moderators are bad. Glenn Loop and Reinhardt are, are, are tremendous guys, and they know how to do this. Great people. But they're great people, and they really, they we're very happy to have them on it. The problem was it was too open-ended, the questions that were being asked. So a lot, particularly in the first segment with Glenn, a lot of people were just, some of the people were rambling on, they lost the audience, okay? And it's a shame because the guys talking were saying good things. You have to kind of, just like you just said when we went into the segment, we got to break it down into smaller chunks that are more digestible. Yeah. Um, you got to have a question. You, you can't let people ramble on like that because the first two guys, they just, they weren't very well-known guys. They were a little m- monotone. Um, so you have to kind of, you kind of have to reel that in. And I think they need to, m- have a much more segmented piece with those guys. And what really saved it was the second piece when Lido came on and particularly Jeremiah came on and when Alan Rubin came on and I'm telling you when Jeremiah came on, that whole thing took a different turn. Like when you heard Jeremiah's story um, and Luciano, I can't forget Luciano, right? Yeah. When they came on, that was I still think that needed to be also a little more segmented. Don't get me wrong, but it kind of, it kind of turned. And because those guys are people, first of all, people know those people. They're, they're very passionate people. Um, and I think it connect. Like, Luciano did a tremendous Luciano's part. He talked about the charity pieces that people are doing in these countries. There was a lot of good information, but I think it just needed to be a little more segmented. I think that's fixable. So, and I think and there's no reason why Glenn and Reinhardt can't do this again. They're, 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 they were more than able to do this. So I just think it needed a little more work in that area. Because again, if you watch that first 45 minutes, you're going to, we always talk about our show. Like we always want to keep people interested. Uh, but you don't want to lose your audience and drop off. And, and, and if they if people dropped off before listening to the second half, they, they missed out on a lot is what I'm saying. So those are the two things. This is not beating it up at all. But those are the two things I would take away and fix it next time. And I think they're on the right track with this. And I think also they could do other platforms, other topics. And you, you do those two things. I think suddenly um, it's going to be a good, a good thing. And, and Bravo to the PCA, we haven't seen PCA do anything like this at as far as I know. So, and they promoted it well. So you can't say they didn't, pro- like I saw one, I saw Juan Cancel say, well, uh, no, it was on something else. It was actually related to the PCA, I guess, happy hour they had. He said, well, no one invited me. I'm like, Juan, they promoted this. You can't say they didn't promote that happy hour. And they promoted this summit. They did, they did what they needed to do there to promote this. Now I think you just got to deliver the package there. So people come back next time. I agree. I think that they've done a great job at yeah. their promotions. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, you know, their promotions for, you know, donations and funding requests, which I know is a separate issue on its own for some people, depending on, you know, where your views are. But they, they get it out. The word gets out there. Uh, and, and you can't argue that they don't get the information out there. Um, publicly you know yes uh, there's in the past they've had they've, they've been known to you know not be as information accessible with certain things they've improved a lot i mean we again um 
If but, you're saying that you haven't, yeah, if people are saying that they haven't been tuned in enough, in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, but I'm saying like there, there has been times when, yeah, they, they've dropped the ball on the wave that they've been able to get information to people. But for yeah. the most part, their promotions of stuff publicly um, have been has been pretty good, especially as of lately. Um, how, what is, you know, since we're talking about PCA, what is your uh, at this stage of the game? You know, what, what's your feeling on kind of the leadership behind PCA and some of the people on the board? Um, and some of the things that we've seen this year, you know, even, even since the trade show has ended. Um, I'm positive on, on just about everything right now. Uh, I I've said this, I think we have, uh, the best executive director in the history of the, the PCA and Scott Pierce, mm-hmm. um, and people, you know, yes, he's been very friendly to the media, but look, I got to just say, uh, he's doing a lot of great things he, and he's very transparent and you can see, his influence is starting to go into the uh, organization really well. So um, I have a lot of confidence. What he did with the trade show on a short staff, we got to give him credit. No, what things perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But but I think that's a really good sign. Uh, I think on the uh, as far as the board of directors go, Greg Zimmerman, I know Greg for many years. Uh, they Fantastic person to have as the president of this organization. So uh, he's got a big endorsement from me. Um, we have some new board members, um, on there as well. I think, you know, board members aren't going to, you know, Jay's very vocal and accessible, but look, board members, that's not really their job to be vocal and accessible. Uh, it's really, you have people in the organization to do that. So it's important that if they're working behind the scenes to do some of the right things, and we'll start to see how that body of work goes over the next few, uh, few months and years. So, uh, I think they've done some, some right things on that. So, uh, I have some questions about next year's trade show. But we're having a trade show and it's, it, we're going to be fine. So, uh, but I think I, I feel there was like a, dojo, a cigar dojo show where they did cigar stock market. And um, the, whether you buy like as a stock, would you buy PCA stock, sell PCA stock or hold it? I think I'd hold it right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to buy more yet, but I'm certainly not going to sell it. I think they're I think they're doing some right things right now. Where I'm going to hold on to that stock. Um, and that, that's an indication to me that I believe in the organization. And I believe in how it's being run right now, but now you know. Let's see where they can go with that. Yeah, I, I you know, we had Scott Pierce on the show uh, last week, as I said before, you know, and we we brought up a lot of topics, a lot of the, and I and I was very open with him, and I, you know, said, hey, you know, the, obviously there's been a lot of criticisms on certain things towards the PCA. You know, the, the trade show has been has had mixed reviews, and you know, there has been people who have said like, oh, this will be the last trade show, blah, blah, blah. blah. That's not the case. And yes. he was like, no, I mean, if, if you're not paying attention, you know, like we're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for years to come. You know, we have changes we're going to make, but you know, this, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're not, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not bleeding the way people think we are. Yeah. You know, this trade show is not collapsing the way people yeah. think that it is. And no, you know, those people just don't understand, um, which, you know, I thought was an interesting point. You know, he spoke with such confidence you know, I, I think that there's a good leadership here, and I think that you know they're going to be making some changes. Yeah, and um, on the and on the legislative end, Josh and Glenn are doing a tremendous job as well. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's still some. I still think they need to iron out what they're doing in conjunction with PCA, uh, CRA rather. But that's that's something I think I'm confident we'll see something develop with that. So I'm, I'm going to just give them the benefit of the doubt there. Do you think that? Um, what kind of impact do you think that? you know, Glenn leaving CRA for PCA um, has had on CRA? Um, I think it was time for Glenn to leave CRA. Okay. Um, you know, when you're in a position like that for 12, 13 years, 
it sometimes you do need a new voice at the at the at the uh, at the helm. So I think it was time. Um, the good news is moving Glenn into the the PCA. I think has been a good move with that. With with is hurting is they don't have anyone. They've not put anyone to replace that person in eleven months. So there's not been there's not been an executive director of the Cigar Rights of America in eleven months, and. I think that showed when that email went out last month, I talked about, about the partisan stuff. I think there's, there's, there's things lacking there. I think that I still don't know sometimes if something's coming from CRA or PCA, I almost feel like they say they're working together, but the communications don't seem to be in sync enough for me. Um, so I think they need an executive director, but I think it was time for Glenn to move into another role. Not, not because of his ability or anything. It's sometimes just time. It's like a coach. Sometimes you need a new voice in the locker room. And the good news, we have Glenn in the organ in, in our industry still. So I think that's a big positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I was I was excited to see him come to PCA, and I thought this would be interesting to have him on that on that look, side. We we would look. You could criticize Glenn was look. We've criticized Glenn a lot and stuff, or I have. Um, and he's always been great, you know, about taking the criticism. But let me just say this. We would not have had progress like we did without Glenn Loop service. So um, he did a, you know, did he do a great job? No, because obviously we would have had, you know, we wouldn't have had some of the situations happen, but he's done a good job. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. You know, he, he, even at the show, I get to run into him on the show and, and catch up and talk for a little bit and, you know, just ask him questions and hear him you know, talk about, you know, how he felt and what they were doing. And, you know, I, I felt confident in the way, um, you know, that the approach was being taken. Yeah. I know not everyone would agree on certain things, but um, again, I think it all comes down to, to how much information and what you pay attention to and what do you, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. a lot of times people hear, they hear the headline and they just jump to their own conclusion, but you take the time to read the whole article or you take the time to pay attention and you look at everything that's going on that you understand so much more and you can see it from different different lights and different perspectives, um, which I think is the most important part. There was an interest. I'm going to bring this up. Go ahead. I mean, I'm talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. Did you see Cigar Authority today? No, I didn't get to. I was today was an errand day for me. I yeah. yeah by the way, congrats. Uh, 600 episodes. Uh, incredible. They do a great job. Congratulations, guys. I love you guys. Yeah. Barry made an interesting comment. And, and, and this is not to pick on Barry with the comment. I just want to know. And he didn't get a chance to explain it. But I would like to understand where it came from. He said, and, and it was kind of cut off. He kind of got cut off, right? He said he believes that eventually bloggers, and he used the word bloggers, would be banned from the trade show. And let me tell you, I've been, I've been dealing with the trade show for 11 years, and, I, and there were times I thought we might get banned or I might get banned specifically. I have no indication to believe that's true, so I'm trying to understand where that came. I actually want to ask him that um, because I mean, he may have an opinion on that. But I, 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 you know, I say this because I think, you know, we've had such accessibility and I think we've had good transparency with them that um, I don't see that happening. And he used the word bloggers. He didn't use the word influencers. So there's a big difference there, too. Um, and I like you said, you've been to the trade show. I think the media has never been in a better position with the trade show and with the with the people exhibiting at the trade show who so they wanted us in these booths. Right. It never used to be like that, Matt. I'm telling you, it never used yeah. to be. Like that. They want, like, you know, and we were really, we, we were really welcomed this year. We, at the trade yeah, show. They, and, they were excited. And, and look, George Padrone said, can you come back? Right. And when we came back, he was ready for us. I mean, it was just like, I'm just saying we had, 
there's nothing for me to indicate that that would happen other than if there's something like if someone's really getting like like I could see if we're really getting critical and damaging if someone's doing that. I think it would be an isolated case on that. Like, um, but I don't see any indication. I think, like I said, to me, this was the, this was. And by the way, the word blogger never came up at the trade show. If you notice that, because there aren't a lot of bloggers at the trade show anymore. I'm probably one of the last of them. If you yeah. think about it, in terms of actual strict blogging, um, yeah, I mean, I would say the evolution is you know come along. No, it's way. it's yeah, so. Barry may have a different spin on that, so I'm not trying to criticize him, but I thought it was an interesting comment, and that's why it kind of flowed into this conversation, I thought, a bit. Um, again, I think we've had – you've had accessibility to the executive director as well as I have. I mean, we, yeah, you've I got have. him on a show. Like, we didn't book that through a PR person or anything, you know? Yeah, no. So, so uh, you know, Scott, wait, Scott, anytime we, we got him on the floor at the show, I mean, never had this type of – since I, know, I know Barry hasn't been to trade show for a while, and I, I could see maybe from afar, but I was surprised to hear that comment today still. So I, I kind of want to get a little more clarification on that. Yeah, it's an interesting comment, and, I, and I'm sure that there is a, a clarification. Um, it, look, if you go back to 2014, absolutely. Barry was not wrong on that. This is 2021 right now. And I can say, you know, I don't, I got to yeah. be, you know, I want to be a little cautious with what I say. Um, you know, because I've had private conversations with Scott Pierce. Uh-huh. And I can tell you that's not the case. No. If anything, no. it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 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 want to uh they want to embrace the media more. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing with PCA is they just want to make sure that it's done correctly. That's yeah. all. I think that's what they want to do, and I think that's what they should do. Um, um and I can tell you that firsthand. Um you know, I, I believe that's the case Yeah. Um, from things that were said to me in conversations yeah. that I've had with multiple yeah. people, yeah. Um, people at PCA. That's that's the understanding that I have. Yeah, uh, I, I I would say yes. I uh, There's no doubt about that. Based on conversation, I don't know if we, we've probably had different conversations, threads, but yeah. Um, you know, look, a couple of years ago when I really blasted the, PC, the IPCBR about that 2019 trade show, I thought I was on thin ice for sure. Um, but there were things I worked to fix that relationship. Um, but I was very critical of them two years ago. And I thought it was it. Yeah. And then, you know what though? It, you, sometimes you have to be, I mean, that's, I had to do my to, job. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just, that's part of it. You know, you have to understand too, as media, you know, we're going to, we're going to say things that you might not like, but we're not doing it to, look, I, I, I just said to like, harass anyone. Yeah. We're, we're just calling it like, you know, yeah. You watch the game on Sunday, right? Someone makes a bad play, they're gonna be like, "Oh, that was a bad play." He, you know, he, you know, he, he didn't throw that ball right. Yeah. You know, the accuracy wasn't there. They're gonna call it like they see it. It was a bad play, but no one's just picking on the guy. Um, I mean, it's just it's just kind of how it is. But you know, it's sometimes that's good for you though. You you get that feedback yeah. and and, and yeah. you make some changes, and they go like, "Wow, look at that! They rebounded and they came back from yeah. that. They made changes. Yeah. It was awesome this time." You know, what yeah. I mean? And then yeah. you get praised. Yeah which is important too. Yeah, he do. Yeah. And look, I also think that just back to Barry's comment, he may have a good reason why he said that too. So I'm not discrediting what he said at all. I haven't seen that, but it was an interesting comment to hear today. I I wish they had expanded on a bit, but they were doing other stuff in that segment. So I kind of understand it too. I almost wonder if it came from, um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about, some of the people who attended PCA, who I think some people didn't, you know, feel should be there or, 
there was there, there was we've some had that that's been an ongoing debate for years too yep so i don't know if maybe because that's just been such a prevalent topic if maybe barry was alluding to it like hey like they might just kick everyone out because there's been some problems with the with the small yeah. amount of individuals that's possible that's maybe what he was referring to and maybe he just didn't he didn't convey that message the right way um, could, you, could you imagine if they let's say they did that right mm-hmm. they would be like we would go to the manufacturing community they'd be world war three based on because again the reception that all the media got this year for the most part uh the people who covered the show was incredible i mean ben lee who's been covering this longer than anybody saw the difference uh if anyone knows about this it's ben lee he was covering this in the darkest days of the of uh and he was on the receiving end of some pretty hefty stuff when he was at stogie review so for him to see some things was was so encouraging to hear that from him um a couple of comments in the so first of all to back up a little bit, Jay had commented on what you said before. The production quality was below par. The flow of the program was too loose. Too loose. Yeah, that's The moderation exactly. was weak. Decent for his effort, but if I was a staffer for Rubio, I would say the overall package was not as professional as it could have been. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yep. I think and that's, that's and that's the feedback that we've gotten from, it, from Jay. Yeah, and I, I respect Jay on that. I agree. I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Again, good first effort. We're not saying this was a – and by the way, everyone should go watch that. Shame on Absolutely. you if you haven't gone and watched that yet. I know you. I mean, I know you haven't got a chance to go to it. I'm not picking a, but it's out there on recording. That's why it's out there for recording. So definitely go out there and, and listen to it. Um, Mark, uh, Mark Vanson writes says certain very influential cigar manufacturers have embraced social media and cigar media personnel in the last eighteen months to two. Years. Oh, it's big. It may yeah. have made an impact industry wide. I think you're right though, and I, I think. Oh yeah. I, I think that. There's a, there's a, you know, I can tell you firsthand. There's a few people over at the PCA who are who want to work with us to, to make media presence better, um, and I think that there's a lot of manufacturers too who also would be like, well, we 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 want the certain like. I can tell you there's there's a good amount of manufacturers who would go to them and be like, uh, there's a certain group of media personnel we want there, so. Um, you know. Yeah, I hope it wouldn't be like a, you know, a selective system. But in general, if you fall into a category, you know, and meet the criteria, right, is what I would say. And that's the, always been the debate about that. Um, and Barry's been around a long time too. So again, I, I, no, he, I, look, he's been on both ends of this, and he, yes. I mean, he, I, this is he, not a disrespect or pick on him. And this he is, knows he, stuff too. So. so that's why I'm saying I think there's, I, I would have loved to hear, and I, I'm going to ask him about that because I'm just kind of curious. Um, on that because I think it's a fair thing to hear, you know, I think he's worth, he, yeah, I was just surprised. It was all of them. Like, especially after this last year with the 2021 show, which I thought was the biggest breakthrough media had uh, outside of print. Me- now, don't get me wrong, this is a print media first business. Anyone can, if anyone tells me otherwise they're, they're full of shit. Okay. The print media is always put first. Right. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, every company will, will put print media first. I don't care what they say. I can tell you, I've got, I've had it, and I've, I've, I've said a hundred times they will. So, but I ain't complaining about the type of access, or for the most part, I think we've been treated well. So, I think we still have a long way to go to, to before we beat print media. Yeah, I mean, you look at you know something that's uh, along those lines. I would say. Yep. Um, by the way, I am lighting up this El Septimo um, short dream. 
Sorry. I, th- I thought I, I thought I cracked the cap on it, but I did just a flake from the uh, from the cut piece. Oh, um, it's, this seven twenty four is fantastic. Yeah, this is a great cigar. Oh, I can't say enough about that cigar. I can't. I, this is my last one too. So, Kurt, you got to get these out, man. I think I have. I think I have one more in there, but it's Nicole's, so I'm not smoking it. I'm gonna let her have it. Yeah, um, yeah, good idea. <laughs> That's Sorry. the one disadvantage to having a significant other as part of the business is if they, they access the cigars. You know, for me, a lot of the time, you know, I try to, especially when I get new stuff, I try to always yeah. make sure I have a minimum of two so that way she can try stuff too. Yeah. So that way I can try one, she can try one, we can talk about it. Yep. So I know I, know I had one in Las Vegas at the time because I couldn't wait and it was, it was good. Uh, I should have waited, but it was still good, so I'd, I'd have no regrets. Um, there is one more in there, but I'm saving it for her, so she can. Yeah, I think, I think it's a wise move, and there'll be I'm sure there'll be more of these out. So, um, um, but what was I gonna say? Yeah, so I'm lighting this up. This is a, uh, I think my third El Septimo cigar I've had. Um, so far, um, I've liked them. I've liked I them too. I would say for me, I like them a lot. I think they're a good quality cigar. I can see the market that they're trying to sell to. I understand that. Um, I think for me, I went into it expecting like Atabay Byron. And I don't know if I, I don't don't know if I feel that though. No, um, their, their price points a little higher because of Costa Rica is more expensive to make a cigar. Right. And that's where they're making it. Um, I think the, I think that brand, they need a brand ambassador in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Um, not the CEO. I think because he's got other business things. Uh, they have a they have a vice president of sales. I think that's good, but they need that kind of person on the ground now. I think it's the next step to find someone who could get behind the brand and be a brand ambassador. Uh, for that, and I think that's their that's going to be their key move because I think they have the product. I do. I think they do need to. Oh I yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, this uh, they got the product. It's, it's yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it is. It good is stuff. good. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right. I think they need someone who has to be the face. I mean, literally, I mean, you bring up a good point. There are certain people out there in the industry who who run brands or own brands or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, you look at Arturo Fuente, you know, it's Carlito. I mean, it's Carlito. But look what Jose has been doing in Europe the past few weeks. Right. I mean, he's got his ground game going now. Jose uh, in Europe. Yeah. You know, Carlito, you look at Ferry Otego, look at Nat Sherman. It was Michael. Right. And Michael, Michael and Michael's going to have to be in that role for a while. Right. Um, it's going to be hard for him to separate from that role is what I'll say. So I, I just, I'm not, I'm not discrediting what you said. Um, I, I give those examples because I think that um, those are brands who have done it well with the, the guy at the top being the face in Michael's case, he has to be in Fuente's case. There's such a, you know, it's the, the, the family. It's the family. I mean, it's, all of yeah. them. You got Cynthia and Liana. They're also faces of the band, too. That's, that's them. You got Nick Perdomo, face of Perdomo. Yep. Jorge Padron, face of Padron. There are owners and, 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 and CEOs or whatever who are the face of their own company. But I feel like with El Septimo, I think, I think you're right. I think that um, it's, it's just such a different company. Yeah. It's not... It's you have not to like people... that family bread company like those other <laughs> brands where you need someone who's a little bit more um, like Zaya. I think Zaya is good. I think he's done a great job. He's oh, I think so. Too. They're saying it, it's just it's it's just not that's not what he's going to be meant to do. 
Like yeah, he, I think he, there's someone who who could come in and do that for him yeah. while he focuses on the bigger picture. Yes, I I I I totally agree. And you know the thing about Nick Perdomo is uh, Nick's got a very and same with a look at Oliva. Those are two companies that have very strong sales forces that can be the reps can be ambassadors to the brand to some extent. Uh, when when Nick, uh, you know, Corey's at Oliva, but they can't be everybody say it's other responsibility. So I think they they're well taken care of with that. Michael's going to be an interesting story, though, because as Michael grows, he's, he's going to have less time for that. So it's going to be interesting to see what Michael's role is going to be. But for the size of his company right now, it's fine. Yeah, I think that. Um think that they have good cigars i think you know they've, they've done a good job you know starting to get into the u.s yeah. market and yeah. i think they're going to continue to grow yeah but when they get that right person who can really take it yeah. and, and run with it i think i think they'll see a dramatic increase yeah uh, even Dr- at their price point that they have you know what i mean they have a crazy price point uh to some people but you know th- there are people out there's enough people out there who will spend it on those yeah cigars. but mccallough had a crazy price point for a long time and now they've gotten some lower price point stuff in and you know, you could see that it's there. You could see that Dan's roles include increased a lot in the last few months. You know, Dan's more and more becoming the other face of that company behind Al. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dan, yeah. Dan's been a great job of being a good face of that company yep. um, and what they've done in their, in their ambassador group. Yep. And working one with of their be- best job ever done with an ambassador group. I think we could say that. And uh, being accessible to people. I think that's the other thing. Accessibility. You know, I think there was a time when, you know, there would be an event, you know, and you'd come and you get to see these people and you get to take a picture and you get to buy the boxes or whatever. And now what you're seeing, and I think this also kind of builds on what Mark was saying, the game has really changed in the last 18 months to two years, Um, especially with the pandemic and everyone having to change their approach. Yep. It's It's allowed people to be more accessible. And I think what you're seeing, I mean, I'm not saying that every consumer is accessible to all of these people, but like directly, but I think what you're seeing is, I mean, look, look at the Fuente family. They've done a really great job of being more accessible, you know? Yeah. I mean, they woke a sleeping giant is really what happened. Nick Perdomo has done a, has done a great job um, at, at getting out there more and being more accessible to, to folks. Um, you know, I think they all have to an extent, you know, I, I, they, I, I, and I think that that's going to continue to build and, and, and grow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, and, you know, going back to Mark's point again, there were people that a few years ago, we would have never had this type of access to the trade show. I'm just telling you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it was. It, I mean, I go back three years ago, what would have been the case with that? Um, so, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this too. It, I've always patient with this. Like it's going to come, it's going to come. I just kept knocking on the doors and, and it comes. Um, there's still some companies I'm trying to knock on. I mean, I made big, I made big progress with Ashton this year. I got a long way to go with that. Don't get me wrong, but I made progress with Ashton this year. That was a tough, that was a tough door to crack. So we're just work. We just continue. I think as media, we just got to continue to just work it and be fair. And I think it will come. Yeah. I mean, biggest thing I think is, is the manufacturers uh, realizing uh, the level of yeah. importance that we have and, and, but not even just with us, like with everybody, yeah. um, you know, I mean, even with Nick Perdomo, I mean, you go on like Facebook, right? They have the Perdomo cigars, Facebook group, and Nick's yeah. active in there. And there's, and I've watched totally you know, Nick, Nick reads every one of those things. I he guarantee does. That. And there's people who posted like pictures of like his cigars and the, they have a problem. He'll comment. 
Like send it back. Send, yeah, get hey, it to send, me. Send it back. We're going to make this right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it makes the customer and the consumers feel, you know, like, first of all, they have a voice that's being listened to. Like the guy that goes into the company is like, yeah, send it back. We'll take care of it. I'm reading your comment. I see, I see you have an issue. Like I take the time to, to get into it. Instead of just being like, oh yeah, whatever. Well, someone will deal with it. It's um, a very, yes. It, it's changed in so many ways. Uh, it's not, it's not just media. It, even with the, it's it's even with the with the regular consumers. I mean, they're they're on and social media has played a huge part of it too. McCall's done well with it. Perdomo's done a good job with it. Uh, a lot of people have done a good job with it. Yeah, they're they have. all on there and they're except- look at Saka. Saka's another one. He's on he's on Facebook every day. When Saka was at Drew State, he was not very accessible. I'll just tell you that, and not not because he didn't want to be. It was just his role. He was just in Nicaragua so much, and he was behind the scenes so much. And when Saka came out, it was a big surprise. People didn't expect that from him. Yeah, I mean the level of direct communication from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, has been has yeah been great. He's done a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark made another comment. Carlito is a prime example. He's everywhere. Fuente needs a new tag because hashtag Where's Carlito just doesn't fit anymore. Um, that's true. He's he's uh, he's out uh, there more. Uh, I mean, he he's on Instagram now, and he, he's a little more active on Facebook. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's been on shows, you know, the, the meet the professor show, I think has, has been good for them. I think it's been great. They've done a great job with, they found a niche with that show. Yeah. I mean, you got Jeremiah, you got Jose and Carlitos on there and, you know, and, and they're every week, you know, they're, and they get whatever they got going on. They got people coming on, they have conversations, but they're there, you know, they're yeah. something you can tune into And You know, before it, that wasn't really the case. You didn't really get to see that much of them. Which I think is is changed. Well, and I think Carlito will tell you he he was he kind of called himself a dinosaur, right? He really wasn't, right? It was just this is the world he didn't really know. Um, and then he saw the opportunities. And you know, one of the things Carlito told me is like he why he's been doing these shows and stuff is he wants these stories to be preserved forever. Um, and he, that's he also was, a good point. Yeah, I mean, and he was saying, you know, look. The stories with his father, they're not preserved out there in terms of a recording. There's not a lot of that stuff. So these things are, you know, these things are very important to these guys. Um, you know, all of our shows are archived and all of our media brands and they're all accessible at any time. So, um, you know, it's it's very important. Christian Aro is another one. He's out there making videos every week. Yeah. Christian's done a Christian. Uh, Husto's gotten good at it, too. Yeah, he's Husto, out there a lot now. Husto's a shy guy, um, and he's gotten better. He's gotten so much better at it. But he's a shy guy, Husto, and, and you wouldn't know it from talking to him. But he gets a little shy in front of that. He was a little shy, but, but now he's very comfortable in front of the camera is what I noticed. As is Kirk Kendall. Kirk Kendall's also Kirk kind Kendall of a, is then, yeah, he, kind of quiet. He doesn't like the camera. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, he, he, he'll he do it. Um, I, yeah. But, you know, I, I it's... It's yeah. not something that he's yeah. really comfortable with. I would say Pete Johnson also. Pete Johnson's done a great job. Um, he's done a great job. I, I think he's also someone who gets a little shy yeah. with the camera, yeah. um, which is which is funny because yeah. when you meet Pete Johnson, um, and you know you get to know him, you talk to him, he doesn't yeah, seem not, like that. You're like, oh yeah, no, Pete's cool. No, he no, but he then the camera comes out and he's like, yeah. ah, man, you know. Uh, I mean, all right, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. We'll do it. You can tell he's nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had we had Corey from Oliva on. Um, which is like a guy you don't really know, but this is the top guy at Oliver right now. And to hear him, like if you don't know Corey, man, he's a he's a great and interesting guy, and he gets it. Uh, so you know, sometimes these these faces may not be on these things as much. Sometimes you know they're just not as gregarious, maybe personalities. But there's a lot to a lot to show, which is why we try to give as many folks an opportunity to be on our shows as possible. 
Um, you know, so, I mean, we just had on a company called ATL Cigars, small company out of Atlanta. Um, but boy, I'm so glad we did a show with them. And I was shocked at the numbers we got from that show. Um, and they're making, they're making incredible cigars, these guys, for a new company. Like, I don't know how they're doing it. They, they're working with really good factories and their blends are good, but there's great stories. And, and in fact, we got them on early in their journey is like, who knows where they're going to, you know, I can see this company taking off in the next few years. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's interesting you bring up. Would you say maybe in the shorter, when I say short term, I mean like maybe in the last five years, would you say that there's more and more of these small companies, not only are they emerging, but they're flourishing too? Um, uh, yeah, they're emerging. is less than they were a few years ago because FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, are they flourishing? Or at least the it, ones who are here. The problem is it's hard to tell from Facebook and Instagram. Right. And I'm not uh, talking about that. Yeah. I just mean in terms of the accessibility that they have with their yeah, product, I mean, with their with their products and shops and yeah. stuff. And, being able to get their products. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yes. Maybe including, but not limited to um, brands that maybe are direct to consumer. I know the Cardinal sin, but you can get them. If you've heard about it, you can go get it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a different story too. Um, you know, certain companies have done that, but have managed that better than others. Because I, I hear people always talking about like, Oh man, there's um, you know, certain people. You know who who have said these things to me, and I, I wanted to bring this up on the show because I was like, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, hmm, it's interesting. Uh, but I've heard I've heard the comments from people being like, oh yeah, there's like all these other like small brands now, and like there's so much more, and 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 I feel like you know there's a lot of people just like really making some headway, you know. And I just remember thinking about it being like, I don't know if I would say making headway. I think that there's, I think social media has brought to light a lot more smaller brands than yeah. before. Whereas I think before a lot of these brands, maybe they existed and you just didn't know about them because they were small and maybe, you know, they stayed small, but I feel like with the, with the rise in the, 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 the huge grab that social media has for everybody now, especially in the last two years, I feel like you're seeing more brands than maybe you did before because like they're online and you can, and you know that they exist, but I don't know if I would say that they're all really like flourishing. I think that they're just more, I think they have more uh, recognition because they're able to use the they, internet to get their name out there, but they've had, yeah, they've had the internet's give them the ability to have some sort of level of uh, accessibility and communication that, you wouldn't have had 20 years ago, um, even, you know, but in the, even in the early days of the internet. I, I think Facebook and Instagram and Twitter have helped with that. Yeah, I think one could argue that I wouldn't say that they're flourishing, right? but they're just more aware yeah. because of social media. I mean, in this industry, you know, it's very, I would say two years ago before this pandemic started, I mean, the cigar industry was still very 2000, maybe 1999. Um, in the way it operated, uh, that's then that's a comment that you know I, I've I've had come up 
a lot of times to different people. Uh, even John was telling me, like, you know, when we were going through the pandemic, he's like, dude, this industry was always face to face in the shop. Nobody mm-hmm. did nobody did online stuff. Like there was online bloggers and media people, but there wasn't like brands were not online on their own. They weren't no. really doing social media. No. It's like they, they shifted to it now because they had to. Then they're like, oh, wow, this is cool. And it's like, well, yeah, we've been telling you about this. Um, yeah. And now they're doing it because they see the benefit. But before that, I mean, that just wasn't a thing. They, they didn't really invest. They invested in, oh, we'll go to the shops. We'll have the events. We'll have people come in. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like um, now that everyone's had the time to invest in social media, I feel like you're seeing more stuff online. Does that mean that there's a lot more big business going on? No. Uh, you know, and Jay made a comment here. Um, even brands like Foundation and Dunbarton are still very small. Oscar is a definite up and comer. The real world of what actually sells is very different from the internet perception. And yep. I think that's a very well-worded a response to that. Yeah. I think that's perfect. And I think that's exactly like the message we're trying to convey here. Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking the small brands either. It's not a knock. On I, I support the, those brands trying to, to do business and get their name out there. And all. I really do. Um, my point is, and, and, and it's not even on them. It's not their fault. They're doing, I think it's, it's the public perception of like, Oh, wow. Uh, you know, there's all this and, you know, I don't know if there's just a lot more of it. I think it's just more, um, it's just more knowledgeable now. It's more aware uh, than it was before. I mean, we've talked a little bit about like Boutique Cigar Association. And I know that there's been stuff that you wanted to get into on that. And we, we said we would do a whole show. At some point, we, uh, yeah. Um, and that's on and the list. Wanna, yeah, that's a big topic in general. You know, a lot of companies, though, they can create a facade and not that they're purposely creating this facade. I don't think they're purposely creating, mm-hmm. but they can seem like they have more of a footprint than they really do. Correct. And I've, I've seen, there's a couple of companies. I'm not going to, I really don't want to name the names here. That's fine. And it's not really, it's really not important the names, but they can go into one or two Facebook groups and look like they're the biggest thing. Right. And, and in reality, they're in 10 stores. They're selling to like 10 stores. Right. So, and I, I and, um, so they don't have this big foot. Now, the, I look at Coop, you know, because I have a written piece. I track a lot of analytics. I do a lot of analytical analysis on things. And I can tell you, we our strength is because we are, we are very easy to find in Google. And that's where our traffic comes from. So we, it, we do Facebook's the largest of the social media platforms. I can tell you our Google traffic is tenfold to our Facebook accessibility. So... Google's the key. Google people still use Google. Trust me, um, is what I'll tell you. A Google search will go along. You just Google searched the Dupont stuff. You just did that. You just showed that earlier on. Right. Yep. Right. Now, and that's it's very. And then when, when we have stuff that are covering these these important you, the, the idea is pick the right stories, pick the right brands, and do it. Um, it, it's huge. I mean, those photo searches. Or enormous that we 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 get an enormous amount of traffic from that on Kubo over the years. So, like I say, I can just tell you sometimes a company can look like they're they're huge on Facebook or Instagram, and in reality, they aren't even you know they don't have enough Google footprint, so people don't know about them. Yeah, um, I would say I would say you know without really getting too into you know the technological stuff, uh, yeah, Google is definitely a, a powerful tool. Um, not necessarily for a podcast, but yeah, I a podcast is a little different story, but yeah. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I mean, if you, if you have, if you have a website, um, you know, like we both do, and that's where, I mean, that's where you're going to get your traffic. People will get or, organic following. Um, oh, 
I have such more of a, I have much higher profit margins on selling a, a, a an ad on a website than I do on a podcast, mm-hmm. but the podcast kind of feeds, feeds the whole infrastructure too. So it kind of gives us another medium and it, it does allow us to reach, 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 expand our reach. But I can tell you that the most profitable way for me is a banner ad on my site. Um, and you know, it's, it takes a, it takes a long time to do that. I mean, I, I've been doing 11 plus years, so it took about five and a half years before I started seeing an ROI on that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, we could do a whole, and that's another thing we could do a whole show on just, you know, what, what goes, what goes into everything that we do um, and what it takes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a little, yeah, again, a little, that's a little inside baseball we could talk about. And uh, you know, you and I've had some conversations on this too. And I said, you know, I've kind of told you some things that, they're my observations yeah, yeah and uh it doesn't mean they're all right or wrong i'm just saying this is what i've seen and uh you know it works out you know a certain way so um but yeah going back to your point um like i said i think the brand there are some brands that look would never get coverage if it wasn't for us either so i'm glad we have we can offer that to these companies too yeah i um, know i agree I, I i definitely you know yeah i, I think that it's valuable yeah um, I, I, yeah yeah, I think we should plan our next show, and don't let me forget this, because um, I, I really we keep bringing it up. We our next show, which will be taking place, um, hopefully together in the Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If not, well, I'm still I'm still coming down equipped. So if we can't do it, we'll we'll still be okay. able to get online. But okay. having said that, yeah, uh, we're hoping to we're hoping to shoot this one together. Um, so. I think we should plan on our next show being our boutique cigar association um, show. Yeah, and I don't want to be. This is not to beat them up either. Either I just want to kind of give some observations on that. You know, kind of what we just did tonight with the, uh, kind of what we just did tonight with the uh, international summit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just uh, just calling the play, as I like yeah. to say. Just yeah. we're just gonna call the play. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, as we begin to you know to to wind down the show. I want to thank everyone once again for watching with us at home live, as well as listening to us on demand everywhere podcasts can be found, um, especially over at Podbean. Head over to Podbean. You can find us, subscribe, like, follow, all that fun stuff. We always appreciate it. Um, busy week for me. Uh, we had our regular scheduled programming on Thursday. We're here tonight. And then tomorrow we have another special episode. We're going to be with Abe Flores from PDR Cigars. Um, we we're supposed to have him on a few different times, and unfortunately, he's gonna be a great interview. I've interviewed him a few times. Well worth the wait, trust me. Yeah, just you know, we've had some scheduling issues, but that's okay. You know, we, we, yep. we're working that out. So we, we're gonna get him on tomorrow. Um, just gonna you know to make it a little bit easier for him. But so we'll have that conversation tomorrow night, um, 7 p.m. Eastern, same place, same time. Um, and then Thursday we have Tom Lazuka. From Asylum. Great guest. Great guest. Coming on. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. And I have. Always love talking to Tom. I have an Asylum 9 7x70. How did you get one of those? Um, I got it at the trade show. Yeah, see, we were supposed to go. We were supposed to go back to the the booth and we didn't make it back there. So he did something back. Yeah. I don't think they were handing them out. But one was given to me. Yeah, he had said, like, "Come by because he take one." <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So, so I had one before everyone else. <laughs> Just haven't smoked uh, it. Yet. I might smoke that one on the show. You gonna that's be quite doing, you're gonna have another guest after that. <laughs> yeah, um, I might have to start that one before the show, 
smoke some during the whole show and then still have to stay behind, which I yep. usually end up doing yep. um, and finish that cigar. That, that yep. cigar is probably going to take me a good yep. three hours. Um, but I, I think I'm going to smoke that one on that show with Tom. If yeah. I don't smoke that one, it's going to be the ogre. I think yeah. I still have one kicking around. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it's an asylum night. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. Yep. What do you got coming up this week? Um, so tomorrow night, oh, not tomorrow, Monday night, uh, we're going to be uh, doing primetime jukebox uh, episode 52. Uh, Dave and I are going through, we started going through the Rolling Stone top 500 songs of all time. So we're doing a series of shows on just on the Rolling the, Stones, the Rolling Stone magazine. I'm sorry. Rolling Stone oh. magazine. Oh, okay. They did have top 500 songs of all time. So we are, we, we just, we, we just recorded that right before this show that will air on Monday. Um, and then we have a Thursday show, uh, with Nova cigars and Leo at 10 PM on Thursday. So once you're done with Tom Lazuka, you can come on over to our show and, uh, uh, We'll, we'll be talking to Leo on that. We, Bear and I do not have a special edition this week, so um, which is good because I'm exhausted. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I, and uh, Coop's yeah, getting we, tuckered out. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. This was a three podcast day for me, so um, yeah, so you know, it, it's still a busy. And and on Coop, we're getting into the final reviews that are eligible for the end of the year list. So there's a lot I've been really focusing on making sure we have because the 31st is the day the review has to be published. So um, it, that's a lot of focus I have on coming with that. And there's some, some cigars, I think, that are still going to make a play for those top slots that I haven't published reviews for yet. So uh, um, stay tuned on that. And uh, um, I guess we'll have our usual shenanigans on Coop as well. <laughs> our usual shenanigans like yeah that. usual news and you know usual fighting for press releases and the scoop uh, with coop <laughs> yeah there's no there's no kma next week either uh because abe's on vacation so uh we have a, i have a break next week's a pretty good break overall uh and actually dave and i are doing some planning for jukebox 2022 uh after our show we record next week so um we're gonna get all that in as well and uh, i'm also slammed at my day job is the other thing so Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I so totally, it's, I, 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 I had a I had a six a.m. night working on Coop stuff this week, so it was a busy week. Yeah, I yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Um. Well, with that, I think we're gonna end the show there. It's a good stopping yep. point, yep. guys. Yep. Thank you again for being with us, Coop. Thank you for being here with me yep. as well. Uh, don't forget to go check out both SmokingTobacco.com as well as CigarCoop.com. Uh, and check out both of the shows like subscribe everywhere you can find us especially everywhere you can find your podcast that's a big one don't forget to subscribe absolutely see you guys all next week take care guys